friends, and welcome to episode 921 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today I'll be speaking with Liv. She's a young lady who uh, has type 1 diabetes for about a year. She's here to talk about that and a lot more. She's had some mental health issues, a suicide attempt, and we're going to break it all down and chat about it. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you like saving money, listen to this. 35% off your entire order at CozyEarth.com with the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. Cozy Earth has amazing sheets that I sleep on, clothes that I wear, towels that I dry my bottom with. You might like them too. Use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout at CozyEarth.com to save 35%. If you'd like to save 10% off your first month of therapy at BetterHelp, just go to BetterHelp.com forward slash juice box. You'll save that 10%. And to get five free travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D for free with your first order of AG1 from Athletic Greens, use my link athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. This episode of the juice box podcast is sponsored by the Omnipod 5. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box is where you're going to learn more and get started with the Omnipod 5 or the Omnipod Dash. You can wear the exact same insulin pump that Arden does at omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Are you nervous? A little bit. That's okay. That's probably realistic. Your voice is being recorded and people are going to listen to it. No way. Yeah. I didn't sign up for this. Also, there are bugs bugs living on your skin and inside of you too. I don't know if you do that or not. Oh, that's, wow, that really helps. (laughs) That just made everything so much better. I want you to be nice and comfortable before we start. (laughs) Uh, You'll introduce yourself any way you want to be known. Um, There's no reason for you to use your last name unless you have a reason to. If we talk about other people in your life, it's fine with me if you use their name. Just please don't get to the end of the recording and think, oh, I really shouldn't have said my aunt's name three times. Right. Because it creates a hellscape for me over here. Um, Other than that, I honestly don't care what you say. Okay. All right. Coolio. If you're ready to go, look at you referencing (laughs) mid-level rappers from the 90s. (laughs) It's my niche. (laughs) It's where where I live right there. Um, I'm down with OPP. Let's get going. So, uh, what, go ahead. Just introduce yourself. All right. My name is Liv without the E and I got diagnosed with type one a year ago tomorrow. Get out of here. Yeah. Really? Yeah. How are you on the podcast a year to almost to the day of your diagnosis? Is that on purpose? Um, no, actually, I was really surprised that you picked that day. It took me a week to realize that that was actually the day Dang. before. But um, yeah, I don't know. Just sheer luck. How old are you? I am 21. Wow. Yeah, I got diabetes for my 21st birthday. <laughs> were you thinking you were going to get beer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but hey, I got both. Don't worry. <laughs> you took care of everything. Mm-hmm. Wow, so you're going to be 22 Maybe. tomorrow, and you've had diabetes for a year. 
Well, it's not my birthday tomorrow. Oh, the anniversary. It's in February, but it, yeah. Yeah. Well, this month ish. Whatever. Close enough. Who the you know. cares? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Liv, you're making me curse. <laughs> I have that effect. <laughs> do, do, do a lot of people end up cursing when they're around you? Yeah. I also just curse really bad. So I think people fall into it, but I find it makes them comfortable. Yeah. What's your favorite word? Chagrin. Really? Or my favorite curse word. Well, chagrin's your favorite word? Chagrin is my favorite word. How did that happen? Um, There's this YouTube artist. Um, His name's Peter Draws. And my brother's name's Peter. So they were like... My brother really liked him for a long time. And I watched his videos. And he's just this really chill, kind of like hippie dude. Mm-hmm. And he would use that word quite often. And every time he said it, it just put a smile on my face. Oh, does he say much to my chagrin? Yeah, yeah. Along those lines. Along those lines. Yeah. We could just talk in, in, in small sound bites for the rest of this. So, okay. <laughs> I, I guess I did mean, what was your favorite curse word? Like, which my one do you use most word? frequently? Um, Probably the effort. Has to be, right? Or, you know, I call everyone the B word all the time. I love how you said you love curse words, but you've said the F word and the B word now instead of Well, saying, am I allowed to curse? I yeah, don't know. I'll just bleep it out. It's fine. Yeah. I don't I hate when I hate the beeps, so I'm gonna <laughs> you're gonna save everyone else from that. The, you're gonna avoid the beeps for them? <laughs> yeah. Well that's very considerate of you. I know, I'm so nice. What about the people who want the curses and right now are thinking, much to my chagrin, Liv didn't curse the entire time? Well, that's that's a bummer for them. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll have to live with it. Do we have to look up that phrase so people understand it? I mean, it's kind of like dismay. It's how I describe it to people who don't understand what that means. Much to my chagrin, it's like much to my dismay. Distress or embarrassment at yeah. having failed or being humiliated. <laughs> that's the noun. That's Jeff, my favorite word. Jeff, much to his chagrin, wasn't invited. Mm-hmm. So wait, what did you say? How do you tell people? Uh, dismay. Yeah, I mean, all right. It, I uh, mean, it's a more uh, uh, lighter version. I think embarrassment or distress. Yeah. Uh, and then it, as a verb, you could say he was chagrined when his friend poured sc- his friend poured scorn on him. Who speaks like yes. this? Poured scorn yes. on him. <laughs> Did I just click on the internet from the nineteen like tens? Like what just happened? Mm-hmm. What am I? Is this a, is this a Netflix series where everybody's British? Apparently. Oh please! All right. So you like chagrin? I like chagrin. Cursing. You, you like to say fuck? You call people bitches? <laughs> yes. Like yo, what are you bitches doing? Um. Not like not in the cool way. Not no. in the cool way. <laughs> in like the angry way. Like more like when people do something I don't like, I jokingly call them a bitch. Like if I came up to your car in traffic and tried to wash your windshield like it was 1990, and I'd be like, "Bitch, get off!" You'd be like, "Bitch, get away from me!" Yeah. But you don't look at your friends and be like, "Bitch, what are we doing today?" <laughs> no. You ever call your friends hookers? No, I call them cunts. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what are you 
you trying to make sure I have a good time? Thank you very much. Yes. Okay. They deserve it. Yeah. I um. I sometimes I call my daughter and her friends hookers. I'm like, wow. I'm, I'm that's. Like, I'm like, what are you hookers up to tonight? Yeah, that's a line I would not cross. <laughs> Just. <laughs> I assume they know I'm kidding. I I hope so. I mean, they come sake. back to the house, so I'm not. Nobody's paying them, so I assume right? they're comfortable. <laughs> I mean, they've been here their whole life. So okay. All right. So. You call your friends. Yeah. <laughs> Do, are you it. are you jealous of the um like Irish and uh, and British type people who use that word as a friendly word? Yes. If it Ricky was a, Gervais is is my hero. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. Uh, facts. Why are you on this podcast? You see, I mean, you thought you'd be just a year podcast? ago, but what made you want to do this? So I. The original reason I wrote is I had a conversation with my mom about diabetes and um, I just decided that I had a perspective. I thought someone might want to hear, even if it was just one person, mm-hmm. because I come from a history of some very poor mental health. And so my diabetes diagnosis was like a very small thing in the grand scheme of my life. So your mental health stuff, has it been around longer? Yeah. What was say since I was about like 11, it started getting really bad. I had bad depression and anxiety started going to therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just got progressively worse through middle school. Um, and during my eighth grade year, I I attempted suicide and ended up in a institution for a while. Ended up on medication. Just a lot of rocky roads. Yeah. For the next until now. <laughs> Do you have any brothers or sisters? I have an older brother. Are your parents together? Yes, they are. Just painting a picture. I don't actually care if they're together or not. <laughs> I could just as easily ask you if you have a pet. But uh, yeah, I have a dog. Oh, see, there. two actually. Two dogs. I have one in Colorado and one here. Long <laughs> you, story. <laughs> I was gonna say you, you don't like to let them live together. Oh, it's. They would be fine, but yeah, I'm not taking the one dog out of his super happy environment. Okay. All right. I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah. Um, I, for context, I guess, what is a, what, gosh, you, I don't understand any of this. You understand my contextually, I'm, I'm at a loss here. So what, what <laughs> creates um, a scenario where you think that taking your life is the, is the way to go? Mm, okay yeah so i have learned from listening to your podcast for a while that yeah the you seem to be interested in the mental health stuff mm-hmm. um it's just spending so long honestly believing that your life is worth nothing that it just gets to a point that it's like just a fact and it's just when it's not a question of if you're going to but when 
Um, so getting to that point, you know, it does a lot to your mind and like getting out of it, I'd say is the same long, hard journey of, you know, you spend so long convincing yourself that your life like is worth living Mm -hmm. that you find every obstacle after that is just so small in comparison. So because I'm sorry, because, because it takes so much to convince yourself that like it's worth continuing on. Yeah. So does this just come over you in your recollection? Like, is there just a day or a week or a month where everything started seeming darker than it did prior? It was definitely a progression. I think for a long time, I didn't even know I was depressed. Um, Cause I was just so focused on everyone else. I'm very empathetic. So all I cared about was, you know, how everyone else was doing and didn't really pay attention until I took a test at my therapist's office. That was like the depression scale thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and was like a 90 or something. And she called my mom that night. And then the next night I ended up in the hospital. So it was just kind of all happened at once, but at the same time, it was like pretty bad for a long time. Okay. Did, did, did you do other things, outward things before the attempt? Did you cut or try drugs or anything like that? For a while. Never, never done drugs. But, yeah, had a history of self-harm. Okay. That, wh- where does the relief come from that? It's, have you ever had something just so horrible happen that you don't know how to, like, what to do with yourself? And you just end up, like, crying or mm-hmm. watching a show or whatever. Pretty much what self-harm does for you is it gives you that outlet of it all goes into that and then once you do it you're you can kind of move on and you don't have that overwhelming feeling of it's just too much to handle too much to deal with is it a is it a case of when your mind gets on a path that you can't pull it back off of it i mean it's an addiction So once you start, it just becomes the go-to like for alcoholics, it would be drinking, but for people who self-harm, it would be self-harming. So something happens in your life or something is said or whatever happens, a trigger comes up and you start Mm -hmm. moving into a a negative space in your head. There's no ability to just say, oh, well, this is bad, but I mean, this isn't everything. I'll, I'll leave this here and go back to my life. Instead, you sort it's like getting pulled down in a black hole. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a lot easier when you're, you know, a teenager and it really does feel like your whole life, you know? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Were you having trouble, like exterior trouble at home? Were you being like harmed? Were people at school picking on you or is there anything like that? I had some issues um, with my brother that were really tricky. Um, he had a hard time when he was younger, and I think his way of coping it when, like, when he got older, was 
kind of taking some of that out on me. Mm -hmm. And you kind of couldn't take it. Yeah. It was just a lot. Like when, you know, you, if you're bullied at school, you can just go home. (laughs) But if you're bullied at home, you have nowhere to go. Right. Okay. And so, yeah. Um, how, what's the age difference? He's two and a half years older than me. Okay. And we're great now for, for context. We're amazing. Yeah. My brother's the best. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine you'd be on here saying it if you were like. Yeah. <laughs> still within the problem. So. Yeah. But could you. Can you imagine an 11 year old who could have taken your brother's crap? Were you just um, not the right person for that to be in that situation? Or do you think it would have run most people over i think it would have definitely hit most people i mean my friends would come over and see some of his stuff and they would leave crying Mm. and i'm like see you get to go home i (laughs) i don't get to go home okay all right somewhere else but yeah it i don't think it was like i'm just a little weakling no and i and i didn't mean to i i didn't no no i know yeah no i was just wondering were you on the yeah. on the precipice of a break to begin with, and he he came behind you and shoved you over, or was it really that? Oh, you know what I yeah, mean? I think it was. I think it was a mix for sure. Okay. It definitely wasn't all him, but I think not having a safe space at home was Tough. like just made it that much worse. Gotcha. Uh, would you? I'm so sorry to ask you this. Would you consider yeah. your attempt like a? Like it would have worked if somebody didn't stop you, or were you looking for help? Um, I think, I think for the most part, I was looking for help, and I just didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it continued in that direction, I honestly believe that I would not be here today. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, what turns things around? I mean, obviously, this gets attention. Then people are like, "Oh, Liv has problems we weren't aware of, uh, or, yeah. <laughs> or we didn't understand, or we didn't understand the severity of it." So then, what happens mm-hmm. after that that helps you move in another direction? That's the hardest part for me is is explaining to other people how they can get through it because it's a choice. It is a choice, and if you don't choose that you want better, you will never make it there. Um, that's what I've learned from my years of dealing with this. But I think for me, I spent so long just really wanting to get to what I had hoped my life would be. And I just, I didn't want to give up on it. I just didn't believe it would ever be possible. Um, And through seeing other people make it out of their stuff and I did so much therapy, (laughs) like nine hours a week at one point, that when you hear people drill into you enough times, like that it's, you need to make choices to get your life where you want it to be. I just decided to give it a try because when you're that depressed and in that much despair, it's really like, you feel like you've done everything and nothing has worked. But when you have so many people telling you that you haven't tried everything, like you feel kind of (laughs) silly and you can either choose 
not to go down that route and just convince yourself you've done everything. Or you can actually try every single thing that people give to you. And my mom is is my hero. She came from a really hard background and her whole thing is like she is the most determined person I've ever met. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of that I can kind of take from my mom and be like, I just didn't, you know, I didn't want to quit. And this time with all the help that I had, I was able to reach small goals and slowly progress forward. And you just keep doing that until one day you look around and you're like that life that I wanted to have. And I just felt like I couldn't, I'm living it. Yeah. When something goes poorly now for you or someone is impacting you in a, in a detrimental way, are are you able to reframe it? Do you walk away from it? How do you stop that, that process? Yeah. Um, I would say at this point, it's impossible for me to get back to as low as I was with all the knowledge that I have. I, I literally can't go there again. Mm -hmm. Um, I use every skill that I have ingrained in myself that now it's just a habit. You know, I cry, I take a break, I talk to someone, I watch a show for a week long, (laughs) you know, like whatever it is I need to get through. I know there is a healthy option. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. Really? It's, I'm I'm very proud of myself. I can definitely say I earned it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, there was a weird noise behind you just now, but um, I think it's oh. I think it's gone. Did you uh, did an electronic bug fly past your head by any chance? I have a lot of bracelets that might be. Mm, I don't think it was that. It's okay. No. Um, well, okay. I mean, it definitely sounds like you you worked incredibly hard to to be happy yeah it's funny as you're discussing this i almost almost stopped myself from saying this but as you're describing the process you went through i thought that is so similar to getting diabetes and deciding to live with it better that's exactly yeah Yeah. i when when i got diabetes um I, a lot of it was just laughing about it to my mom because I was like, this is so, so small compared to what I've already gone through. Mm -hmm. It's just like a lesser version to me. I know not to everyone. Diabetes is no small thing, but like in my life experiences, it's not the worst thing that's ever happened to me. And it's just, you know, you either get to choose to get to a point where your habit is having a healthy blood sugar or you can fight it and struggle with it for a long time until maybe you realize there's a better way to do it or I need to seek help to have better blood sugars. You know, it's just yeah, it's I, how much you put into it, you get out. Where you got me was about the the idea of not knowing what to do but there being mm-hmm. something and being able to talk to another person, have them say to you, look, you might not know the next step, but here are five things you could try and then be willing to try those things. Yeah. Yeah. That part kind of really spoke to me. Uh, about and I feel diabetes. like it's so it's 
where it's hard with diabetes is like, there are so many things you can try and it might take so long for you to find the things that work because there's so many variables, but the benefit of that is there's always more to try. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's why I serve this, this, some of the series forward the way I do, because I don't want you to have to like, some of the things are just going to take repetition and experience and stuff like that. But someone can tell you that, you know, the fat in your French fries makes your blood sugar high 90 minutes. Exactly. You know, like that, that's okay. If somebody tells you that, um, Mm -hmm. having to eat, you know, yeah. Having to eat French fries 27 times before you go, you know what? I'm seeing a pattern here. Yeah. And, and, and not to think that the pattern is not impactable too. Mm-hmm. You know, like is it's important, and even I mean, again, it's what you were sort of talking about. Like, there's there's a way to live where you don't feel like that, and just because you feel like that now doesn't mean you can't impact it and change it and turn yeah. it into something else. I feel like a huge part of what really kind of screws people over is what they get told at diagnosis is so impactful, and I definitely lucked out. Um, I got set up for success. I, I mean, I can tell you a little bit about what happened. Um, I was feeling terrible for months, super tired. Um, but I, I just thought I was depressed. Um, and I have, I have thyroid in the family, thyroid issues all the way down my mom's side, hypothyroidism. Um, so I knew I had hypothyroidism actually when I got hospitalized from the mental health stuff because they tested it and they were like, this might be contributing to your depression. So I started taking um, thyroid medication way back when. I asked chat GPT to write me an ad for the Omnipod 5 and it tells me even puts in where I'm supposed to put music. This is interesting. Uh, Here's what I'm supposed to say. This episode is brought to you by Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod 5 insulin pump. If you're living with diabetes, managing your insulin levels is a crucial part of your daily routine. That's why Omnipod has designed the Omnipod 5, a device that's transforming the way people with diabetes live their lives. Boy, this isn't bad. Uh, I'm sorry, back to the deep voice. The Omnipod 5 is a tubeless wearable insulin pump that adapts to your lifestyle. It's discreet, waterproof, and designed for ultimate comfort. The -the state-of-the-art pump automatically adjusts insulin delivery based on your glucose levels and trends, taking the guesswork out of diabetes management. This is good. Uh, It should say, when used with a Dexcom G6. With Oh my gosh, safety is always a priority, but it's time to experience the freedom and flexibility that comes with the Omnipod 5 insulin pump. Visit Omnipod.com forward slash juice box to learn more and take the first step towards a better life with diabetes. That's Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Make the switch to Omnipod 5 and discover the difference for yourself. That's amazing. The machines are taking over people. That's pretty cool, huh? Anyway, uh, Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Check out the Omnipod 5 if you want that algorithm with the Dexcom G6. Or if you want the Omnipod Dash and you're not looking for the algorithm, you can get started with that as well at my link. When you use the links, you're supporting the show. Those links are available at juiceboxpodcast.com by typing them into a browser or in the show notes of the podcast player you're listening to now. 
Now, let me say, just write me an ad for Athletic Greens. Hold on a second. I might be onto something here. So I just thought my thyroid was off because I was feeling so tight. You know, I know the thyroid symptoms. Yeah. And so I went, it was my first year at college in Portland. Um, I was living in a dorm and I went home for winter break and went to the doctor and, you know, she sent me home. She was like, your thyroid's fine. I was like, okay, it's just in my head. I'm crazy. Um, went back to college and it started getting worse. Um, and I, you know, would call my mom and I'm like, I don't feel good. And she's like, go to the clinic. And I'm like, I don't want to. So I never went, um, I'm stubborn. And I just, I honestly thought in my head that it was something with my mental health and they weren't going to be able to help me. And I needed to figure it out for myself. Yeah. Um, so I was just kind of taking it as it came. Um, but at one point, I wasn't going to class anymore. Um, and the most I could do in a day was go down from my dorm to the little stop and shop mm-hmm. and get some food and go back up. And then I had to sleep for the rest of the 24 hours. Like that is the most I could do in a day. I was drinking more than I ever thought I could. And in my head, I was like, oh, look at me. I'm hydrating. <laughs> silly live. Silly, silly live. I'm going to look terrific. Um, when this <laughs> my skin's going to be clear. And <laughs> Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm, man, I'm feeling, I'm so healthy drinking all this water. I'm on the health train now, baby. <laughs> I can't get the inside of my For head real. looking right, but I'm going to get the outside straight. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that sucks. And then today, last year, um, well, and this year, it was my roommate's birthday. She was I love my roommate. She was amazing. Um, So I was, you know, being the awesome person I am, wanted to celebrate with her and get her a gift and all this stuff. And I was struggling so hard to wrap her gift and I was going to make her a cake and I fell asleep too tired. So we went to her boyfriend's dorm and everyone was partying and having cake and I could barely walk. I was sitting on the couch falling asleep and everyone's like, Live, are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. I just need a nap. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> um, because I really didn't want to like take away from her birthday. Um so I left early. It was like half a block walk to my dorm. So I was walking so slow in heels, falling over. I was like, everyone's gonna think I'm drunk, but I'm not. <laughs> Um, I couldn't have any of the cake because I was just feeling ill. Um, And I finally get back to my dorm and I'm laying in the bed with, you know, my shoes on and everything. And I'm like, all right, I'll change my shoes and call 911 in a minute. (laughs) That's literally what went through my head is I'll call the ambulance. I'll change my shoes in just a second. But I fell asleep because I was kaput so i wake up the next morning and i call my mom and i'm like hey i was gonna call the ambulance last night but like i'm too tired i just don't think (laughs) that'll work and she's like she you know obviously is like what the heck are you talking about 
like she did not know it had gotten to that point. Yeah. And like what the heck was going on. So she called my roommate who was still over at her boyfriend's and was like, you need to bring Liv to the hospital. Um, She's like, it's my birthday. I know. (laughs) And the whole time I'm like, this is such an overreaction, whatever. So I have my mom write out all the symptoms I'm having so I can show the people so I don't have to talk because I can barely get a sentence out. And so we get to the hospital and COVID's still pretty prevalent, of course. Um, and so the hospital's busy. Um, and then I end up waiting in there for five hours. And the whole time I'm on the phone with my mom. And all I remember from that is being so thirsty in the waiting room. And I'm on the phone with her and I'm talking to her about if I should go to the vending machine and get a water or not, because I don't think I have enough energy to make it to the vending machine. Yeah. And like, that was my idea of what five hours was, was just being so thirsty. That's all I could think about. But you didn't have enough energy to do anything about it. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there being miserable and really wanting juice. I really wanted juice. Were, um, were they able obviously. to diagnose you in the emergency room? So when they triaged me, I was about halfway through the five hours. So I don't really know if I don't think they did. Otherwise, they probably would have brought me back. Mm-hmm. Um, But once they finally did, it was very immediate. They're like, I think, you know, you're diabetic. Um which I was in absolute denial about because as one of the many people who are so ignorant, I, I was like, there's only one kind of diabetes and I don't have that. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I I can't be diabetes. I have the tired thing. I could be depressed. (laughs) I could be like, did you have depression in college at that point? Or had you managed yourself? Like, how do you think of it after your, you know what I mean? Like after your attempt and your move forward, is there a time where you see yourself as living not as a depressed person in your teens? No, no. I always have depression. It's just varying degrees. Okay. Um, and I get worse kind of in the holidays. So I figured, you know, it's still kind of the holidays, right? It's maybe I'm just big sad. Maybe I just don't like Portland, which I didn't, but um I genuinely I had convinced myself that I was just sad and depressed because mm-hmm. okay. um, I that felt like the only option had but, you ever felt like that prior I mean looking uh, back I guess no but you didn't you couldn't discern it at the time right I think it was mostly just the fact that my brain couldn't function that it was like you can't even it just went yourself. with the simplest answer because yeah. it was like I, I don't have enough energy to go anywhere else. So similarly to if your brain said to you, look, if we could find a Phillips head screwdriver right now, this would all go away and you'd sit in the chair. Yeah, going, I can't do that. Uh huh. Yeah, okay. exactly. And I was like, it'll my thought was it will pass like it will get better. I just need to wait it out, yeah. which obviously was just shooting myself in the foot. But hindsight's twenty twenty. Well, so far, what I've learned is you can't trust kids at a party at a college because <laughs> a person your age who's at a party is like, I have to nappy now. Like, how did yeah. how did someone not go, hey, Liv might not be okay? 
because I think it was the thing of like kind of everyone knew me is like I I'm not a huge partier like I'll have fun sometimes but I'm not by no means am I the party girl okay um so it wasn't weird for me to like go just chill on my own and at the time most of the friends I had made met me when I assume I was already starting like the pre-diabetes thing so they already knew me as like a tired person I like to nap (laughs) I like water (laughs) um so really the only people who like knew knew that that might not be like live were my roommate um and she was checking in on me but I made it pretty clear to her I didn't want help (laughs) everyone else and everyone else already saw you as a sleepy camel yeah Yeah. that's just who i was (laughs) she's full of water and taking a nap yeah Um, and that maybe you know maybe i was just sick because they hadn't seen me in a week you know they were like oh she's she's just getting over something gotcha so now you're away at college or are you local at college i am in a different state wait your mom come so on the phone in the waiting room for the five hours, my mom's packing a bag and I'm like, you don't need to fly out. This is ridiculous, you know, whatever. And she's like, no, I'm going to fly out. I'm packing a bag right now. And I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm fine. Um, But she, my dad was amazing and was able to get her out that next morning. Mm-hmm. So, by the time I was allowed to see people, she was there. And wow. that was well, a lifesaver. Do you feel when you're given the diag so you you were given the diagnosis on your own? You were by yourself? Well, she was on <laughs> I had an AirPod in with her on the phone. Oh, okay. <laughs> but but yes, I was physically alone. Physically alone. And do you have to use the tools you learned in therapy in that moment? Not at all. You're just so beat up. I was so out of it. I was like, okay, whatever. (laughs) That's fine. I don't even know what that means, but sure. I'll take it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Whatever. Is this going to help? I was pretty much like, I'm dying. So whatever you need to say, that's cool. Um, Can I ask you when you look back? mm -hmm. And I know that, I know that what you talked about earlier happened when you were much younger. But when you see yourself as in a scenario in a hospital where you could have died, do you see your life as valuable then? And like, oh, no, I don't. Oh, absolutely. I I do not want this to happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Ever, pretty much ever since that turn in my mind when I was much younger. You just haven't felt that way. Is anything to stay alive. Yeah. Because that's kind of what you have to do. You... You have to convince yourself to drink water because your body's worth keeping alive. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, it's like, hell yeah, I want to be alive. Yeah, like, yeah, no. Even though my life isn't great right now because I'm sleeping all the time. Or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, very tired. <laughs> it's still worth living, you know, and like so all with, my people, you know. Yeah. No, it's, in, it's just interesting to hear somebody talk about. Uh, being on two different sides of that spectrum in the same 10-year period. For sure. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's definitely night and day. Um, I'm sure if it had happened, I tell my mom this a lot. I'm like, 
thank God I was not diagnosed as a teenager. I, I don't know what would happen, but I think it would have been a thing of like, I'm fighting the diabetes and that's my nightmare. I'm like, I don't want to fight with it. I just, I just want to coexist and move on. Can I tell you a secret? Yeah. Okay. Do you wonder how you got on the podcast so quickly? I do. Okay. I, yeah. Because the schedule is like, I saw somebody uh, for content. I thought you meant January 2024. Yeah. So here's what happened it's January 2023 right now. And mm-hmm. the, I don't have a podcast recording slot till November. Like, I am, I actually, I looked at my calendar this morning and it made me, uh, I was upset. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm going to die trying to make this podcast for sure. So, um, but you mentioned the depression and other things in your note. Mm-hmm. And earlier, I forget exactly when it was. It's been, I'll find out, November, early in November. Earlier in November, I got an email from a person I don't know. And this gentleman was telling me that his daughter passed away. And she wanted any donations that were made in her memory to go to me. Wow. And I couldn't wrap my head around what he was saying. Yeah. You know, and and I was like, I don't understand, like, like, how would that be? You know, like, like so mm-hmm. he left this phone number and I said, can I just call you? And we spoke on the phone and he said, you know, your podcast means a lot to my daughter. And then he stopped himself and he said, meant a lot. And then he said, I'm sorry, she just passed away today. Oh, my God. And I was like, what is, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, what? I, I, I'm trying to put all the pieces together in my head. I'm like, a guy emailed me today to ask how to make donations to the podcast in memory of his daughter who has only been gone for a few hours. Like why none of this is adding up. Like none yeah. of it made any sense to me. So I spoke to him for a minute. Now I realize I'm speaking with somebody who's like lost a person, their daughter yeah. in this day, you know, and I'm piecing it together and I get off the phone and I say to my wife, I, I think this man's daughter committed suicide. Because why would he know about she wasn't sick? And like and I'm yeah. like picking through what he said and everything. And then it occurred to me, I'm in someone's suicide note. Yeah. And I I, I was like, oh God. Like I, I don't have a way to know what to do about that. You know? And so yeah. I got your note and I was like, I'm not ended up in somebody else's suicide note. This girl's coming on right now and telling her story because the person I'm talking about, Jenna, she was on yeah. my schedule. Yeah, I heard I and I heard about that. I just didn't know. I, I swear to you, I got your note and I was like, We can talk right now. I was like, I'm not getting another call like this in my lifetime. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I, I don't like be, you know what I mean? It is too much. Like I honestly I, it is too much. Um, About a month after I was out of the hospital from my attempt, um, my lifelong childhood friend, her brother, commits suicide, who lived down the street. And 
my mom being unable to deal with my stuff, obviously, because it's your kid. Seeing that happen, like, it's hard to have words for that. But when you have people in your life, even just by a small relation, take their lives, it's it's too big for words, yeah. kind of what that means and how that feels. No, I, um, I don't even know. I mean, obviously, I don't even know how he was functioning. And then, um, and then the next day, I'm sitting at my desk working, and I'm really like, try, I was stunned. Like, I I wasn't yeah. okay for a couple of days, right? And and it's not like it's not like she said, you know, I'm doing this because of Scott. Like she was saying the, you know, yeah, you know, she was saying that I made that the podcast had made like a lot of time in her life very happy and easier and everything. She had a lot of different medical issues. And, and, but I still like, I'm like, I can't take money from this. Like I, first of all, I'm not a charity, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the first thing. And secondly, if I took the money, all I would do is like, I don't buy microphones with it and stuff like that. I'm like, I'm not, I don't. So I was thinking about where do I direct him? Because how do I honor what she wanted but because right. I'm saying no to it, like she she didn't care, like she wanted it to go to me, and yeah. I felt like I couldn't I couldn't accept that, and so I eventually gave uh, the family, uh, diabetes sisters, we are diabetes and touched by type one as valuable places to make donations to, um, but I think it's go- more of a thing of like when you're that in that kind of headspace, the things that bring you joy are very few and far between. Mm -hmm. And the people who may represent those things are kind of heroes to you in a way that they'll never know. Like certain singers, you know, you might feel such a deep connection with and they might never know about you. Yeah. And so I feel like I am in no place to put words in her mouth, but I think that you, for a lot of people, are just someone who's on their side when they don't really have anybody because a lot of people don't tell their friends about type one and they might not have a community. And so when you are on here talking to all these type ones, all these people who are experiencing similar things to them and they listen to you, like it's a connection that they really need that they don't have anywhere else. Yeah. I, I just wish I could have, I wish she could have yeah. come on and told me that, you know, and we, had, know. we had had a scheduled time that I think she, if I'm remembering right, she backed out of, and then we, I didn't hear from her for a while and then, you know, I heard from her again, and we rescheduled it again. I think part of that was part of some of the things she was struggling with as well. Um, mm-hmm. But but um, the next day, as I was quite literally sitting here, just a, more than a little stunned, trying to figure out what to do um, as far as her request, my phone rang. 
and it was a number I didn't recognize. Mm-hmm. I picked it up, and there's a woman crying on the phone. Like, she didn't even say hello. She was just crying. And she was doing dishes. And I could hear a woman crying, doing dishes, who was not saying hello to me, but who had called me. And, yeah. uh, and I was like, hello? Hello? And then I realized, eventually, I'm now talking to this girl's mother, who was just blindly reaching out to me, trying to figure out, like, the days of her daughter's life leading up to this. Yeah. And she said that um, it wasn't a surprise that she had struggled for a very long time. But um, I, I, I told her, I'm like, I have some correspondence that I've done with your daughter over the years. I, I can find it. And she was just so grateful. She's like, would you share that with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. So I, I sent it to her. And she said, I would maybe like to come on the podcast one day and talk about her. And I said, yeah, that's fine. I said, at any time that you think is appropriate, would you reach out to me and we'll, we'll figure it out. And she said, I don't think I'm going to remember today. Can you email me? And, uh, and, and we talked a little longer and, and got off the phone. But yeah. it was just, I, I don't know. Like I, I, I was drawn into it suddenly. I didn't understand my place in it. And yet I seem to have a larger place in it than, I mean, than I would have imagined. Um, right. But it's just, anyway, that's a very sad way of telling you, that's why you got on the podcast so quickly. Because I just, I didn't know you're, I don't know who you are. And like, yeah. like I, I look back at her correspondence with me and nothing I read there told me that this was going to end up being an eventuality. See, I've found, I've been told and I have found that um, in my life, especially People have told me that I'm very good at hiding when I am very bad. Um, And I think you just get so used to it that you become a professional at seeming like everything is fine because you can't tell just everybody, everything that's happening with you. And because it's so much, you have to pretend in such a big way that you're okay, Mm -hmm. that you just get so used to it and you're just, so good at it that you eventually forget to tell people when you're having a hard time. Yeah. That's and such a scary thought as a parent or as somebody who, anybody who cares about somebody, because I imagine that that's not just true for this big topic. I bet you it's true for everything. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah. You just wonder it's like hard. you're looking people in the face and they're saying something and, you know, you would do anything for them, but you don't know what anything is. You don't know what it is they need, and they're not going to tell you what they need. And for most things in life, people are going to get through it okay. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I think my my mom had kind of one of those hard realizations when I was in IOP. It's intensive outpatient. It's mm-hmm. nine hours a week. And it's a group where you go with other, you know, kids, like adolescents that were in the hospital for whatever their reason was typically the same as mine. Um, And the parents would come to some of it to learn and, you know, experience. And at one point my mom left with me and she goes, 
some of the kids in that room aren't going to make it. And I was like, I know. (laughs) And it's just so hard because you're sitting next to these kids and their parents and a lot of them, you know, seem like they are trying to get better. And some of them don't, they seem like they're done. And I think that's kind of when she realized that like what helped her kind of get to the point of knowing as a fact, like if that person doesn't want to be here anymore, they won't be, they'll find a way. (laughs) And that's really hard. I can't, I can't even fathom as a parent because that's your kid, your loved one, your friend, your whatever. And like, if they've made that choice, like you can't, as much as you feel like you want should have done more, could have done more, anything, you can't. It's their it's their decision. I can say that because I've been there. <laughs> it was no one's choice but my own. Um I wouldn't blame anyone for what I did other than myself. And well, you know, you the know. irony, of course, is that it's it's the finality of the action that makes yeah. it what it is because in it, what you just described you know i have a child they're on a path they're going to do what they're going to do like in almost any other part of life that's fine yeah you know what i mean it becomes not fine when it's you being alive anymore at the end of it yeah or you being a heroin addict at the end of it or you know like as a as something a, that's yeah, like yeah. irreversible yeah just yeah. something that gets to the point where you're like wow i've crossed a line that there's no coming back from and yeah. other than that, it's a, actually a fine way to let people live. It's it's growing up. So bizarre, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So so when that's the case, how are you supposed to know as a person on the outside that this isn't just a thing that somebody needs to go through? You know what I mean? Like, how do you yeah. know when to, even when you can see it, how do you know when to involve yourself? How do you know when to step back? How do you... I'll tell you right now, having children is a huge mistake. I'm just going to say, <laughs> it's just, it, it, you're, you're just attached to a person that you care about more than anything else. And everything they do is um, beyond your control. And you get, I don't conf- ever plan on doing it. You, you get yeah. confused in the beginning when they're yeah. little thinking you have some, like you hold some sway over them. <laughs> right? It's such a trick. Yeah. It's not yeah. real. They just need your credit no. card. That's it. And your car. See, that was hard for my mom when I got diagnosed, right? Because I'm 21. Mm -hmm. Well, I was 20 at the time, but like I've moved out. I'm going to college. I'm, you know, supporting myself as an adult. I make myself food. I gotten through so much water. Yeah. 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 I'm very mature for my age. Like she was ready to watch me fly away, Mm. but then she gets drag back down into this you need to watch her blood sugar 24 7 she mm. could go into a coma at night make sure you know what she's eating and like the people at the hospital there were two groups there was the group that was like we're gonna deal with this how we deal with anyone who gets diagnosed which is clearly they were used to kids so they were like the parent needs to be the hawk you know blah mm. blah, blah 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 and then there was vivian my diabetes educator, my hero, she had type one. She came in there. She 
calmed my mom down, which is a feat I can't express, but she gave her hope that like my life wasn't going to be completely different. And she was like trying to give me more independence, you know, like talking about insulin to carb ratios, which the other doctors were like, no, we're doing meal-based bolus. But Vivian was like, I have type one. I live with it. You know, it's not as big a deal as they're making it, you know, whatever. Gave you a little, a little hope, a little hope, a little, for me, definitely a a sense, because I'm very independent, like horribly so. (laughs) No, but I would imagine you've, yeah, your perspective is different. I mean, you gave it to yourself almost, but your perspective is different than those around you at your age. Yeah. Yeah. And gave like a little more control back to me, which was really nice. But, you know, my mom's sitting there like, I've just let you go, but now I'm supposed to be like this person. Back in siren. Oh, are you breaking a law? What's going on? (laughs) I live in Seattle, so, (laughs) you know, stuff happens. Like when Um, hippies take over a block? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But now she's in this position where she doesn't know how involved to be. Yeah. Again, she's already done this with the depression and she's had to find her place. But now this is different because this is medical Mm -hmm. and this is there are more clear roles, but there also aren't. And we just don't know where we fit into the whole thing. And after diagnosis, I decided I didn't want to do college that quarter, obviously, um, because I needed to, you know, readjust and figure it out. And so we decided to move all my stuff back home. So we road tripped (laughs) from (laughs) Seattle to Colorado two days after I got out of the hospital. Um, That was very interesting. (laughs) They had me on 64 units of Lantis. Which, that, hey, wait a minute. Uh, I know what you look like. That seems like a lot. <laughs> if I took that now, I would probably die. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> they were like, oh, you'll be fine. Just take this and, you know, you'll meet with your person in Colorado. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. It was not great. No, I bet you um, wasn't. <laughs> it was not great at all. The first low blood sugar I ever had, which I remember because, you know, I'm 20 diagnosed a year ago Mm. was in the car in the first 20 minutes of our drive (laughs) Um, everything's gonna be fine here we go i'm dizzy and sweating she wouldn't let me drive of course um because she she was very worried about me she's like you know you put your blood sugar up on the dash so we can see it the whole time and i'm like that sounds good and you know i'm starting to get a little dizzy and i'm like this is weird and she pulls the car over Gets the whole box of Capri Sun, you know, we're <laughs> downing juices. And for the rest of my, I think it was two or th- three weeks. <sighs> no, it must have been at least a month. I was having at least 10 juices a day, oh. at least. Well, yeah, because that's way too much insulin for you, I but, would think. But, you know, what's funny is I found your podcast two days after I got out of the hospital because that's just me trying to get all my resources right? as I've learned. And yours is obviously the most popular type one podcast. And I was uh, like, all right, this dude sounds chill. 
and I'm listening <laughs> to your podcast and I'm like, mom, I just got to take more insulin for my meals. Like this is, this is how you do it. You know, you, you beat that blood sugar down, not knowing the whole thing of like, you're taking at least four times more basil than you should be already. Yeah. Already. So, uh, you know, we're driving back and I'm trying to like start being a diabetes ninja or whatever. And my blood sugar is like, Oh no, you don't. Um, (laughs) you get juices, your new life. Um, so I thought that that was just like my lifestyle for a while until I went in and they were like, you can change this. We're going to change it now Mm -hmm. a lot. And I was like, Oh, coolio. A a lot. Like, what do you weigh? 120 pounds? I don't know how tall you are. I'm just 30. Who cares? I'm 5'9". Oh, okay. So you're more like 140-ish in that space? Uh, No. (laughs) I'm like Viking size. Oh, you're... uh, Okay. But still, forget it. It doesn't matter. I still take a lot less than that. Yeah. Let me say this. If you weighed 200 pounds, I don't think you would use 64 units of... of, Let's just say on... I'm on the five, the Omnipod five. Right. I my total daily insulin is usually around sixty four units. Yeah, that's so, with your bait, your boluses, and your both. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, they were, I'm just saying. Like, I'm sorry, so, I don't care how much you weigh. I'm just saying, like, it's way off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was like, I mean, but for being in DKA, obviously, like, I get it. For the first bit, you need to take more. But I'm like, they sent us knowing we were driving. Yeah on that much without telling us if she's going low a lot, don't do as much latest. Like they didn't tell us we could do that. Sure. So it was, you know, a headache, but with everything else, I would say I was set up for success. Um, They gave us packets. I had like four days of training with Vivian and she was amazing. And I learned, you know, all the things. Um, And then because I found your podcast so soon, I didn't have to sit in that space of like not knowing what the possibilities were, Mm -hmm. you know, like, do I have to be this strict? Do I have to whatever? I don't have to do anything. I can do it however I want to do it as long as I don't die. So and then going to Colorado, I'm sure you've heard of the Barbara Davis Center. You interviewed someone from there. Sure. My endo works there. He's a type one. And he is very, very strict. Like one lifesaver brings my blood sugar up 10 points in 20 minutes strict. And I'm like, that doesn't work for me. I, you know, I've lived my life with a fully functioning pancreas for 20 years. Mm. So the anticipating when I'm going to eat thing is not something I am familiar with. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, It changes every day. What I eat changes every day. I'm, I'm not a habitual. This is what I'm eating person. Um, Mm. So figuring out that I could do it however I wanted and make it work was probably my biggest takeaway initially from your podcast. Oh, I'm glad. That's excellent. I would say from that moving forward is I just love hearing, you know, everybody doing their own different thing. Yeah. It 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 can you give some context to that for me? Like what is it 
do for you to hear other people just like being regular people? I think it's, you know, playing into my joy of being independent and just hearing. I think the first episode my mom and I listened to together in the car, it was about this um, young gymnast and her mom would come in and like finger prick her during the night. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was just starting to get older and maybe go out of town a little bit. And my mom's like, Oh my God, how does she do it? You know, when she's not there and just all this confusion. And the more and more we listened to that episode and others, we just learned like, you just figure out how to adapt and hearing how on your podcast, different people have learned that is really cool because everyone adapts differently. So, you know, I heard the episode with like the young sarcastic Russian girl and how her parents just ordered Dexcoms online, which I'm like, that's wild, but that's adapting. You figure out how to make things work for you and the ways that everyone does it differently are just really cool to me. They give me ideas or they just are fascinating. You know, it's kind of like hearing about people who, travel the world for a living yeah it's something that i don't think i could do but it's still really cool to hear about it and learn about it Mm -hmm. and you know the girl from russia moved to america really she's like much (laughs) she's much older now i'm gonna have her yeah i'm gonna have her back on at some point that's so cool yeah she was really great wasn't she yeah yeah yeah. she's like i you've had some amazing people on the podcast my mom kept joking for like weeks that I'd be an after dark episode. Well, I think I you have like, to be. I was like, come on, like my story's not that rough. And <laughs> then the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, if I mention it at all, it's pretty much instantly. <laughs> it's 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 tough because I so I don't I don't personally think of them that way. Yeah. The after dark things. I would I wouldn't give them a distinction. It's more just as a kid friendly. It it just makes it like, hey, maybe look up and realize that someone's going to say heroin or something during this. Do you want your six-year-old listening to this? Yeah. Like, (laughs) I I put up one this week with a guy. It's such a sweet story. And Mm -hmm. um, this guy, Perry, his brother was diagnosed when his brother was like eight months old. His brother passes away, you know, very young. And it's a major impact on his life, obviously. And then a decade or more later, Perry's diagnosed. But Perry's like a guy who sold drugs, did drugs, you know, was in trouble with the law, you know, um, you know, told me he was clean now when I pushed him a little longer. He's like, well, I'm California sober. And I was like, okay, Uh, we're going along. And he was just, it was, it was really a story about, about how he missed his brother. Yeah. You know, and, but the details of it are, you know, what they were. And his perspective yeah, was heroin, different. For sure. yeah, yeah. And his perspective was different. Like when I, at the end of the podcast, I asked him something about like, um, if he was afraid of a certain drug and he's like, nah, mm-hmm. they're just making a big deal out of it in the media. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Fentanyl's not bad. Nah, not cool. as bad as good they make it sound. And I'm like, good oh. to know. Yeah, I'm like, wow. <laughs> different perspective you know what i mean like literally lived a completely different life than i'm aware of but but a sweet guy and and um and told a really touching open story i yeah i I don't see why it has to be called after dark california sober but it does because 
some people would listen to that and be like, I would have skipped this if I would have known. You see, I kind of see it as like I'm sitting in a room and there's all sorts of people there. And I'm like, I would not want to tell this exact story if there were young children there or yeah. people who could get triggered. Right. You know? Yeah. That's how I it's try to think nice of to it. So, but, but I don't, but like to myself, I don't think of my, my own story as that until I really think about it. And I'm like, yeah, not everyone talks about suicide and self-harm all the time. Liv, it's just you. <laughs> like, Do you feel good about what we talked about or do you feel like there's something unsaid? I feel pretty good. Are you worried now your mom's going to listen and go, see, you were a crap episode of this. <laughs> <laughs> My mom's going to love anything I talked about. You are her hero. She has listened to, she got like one of those Spotify things that's like, you've listened to so many hours of the juice box podcast oh those are great for my ego those come out in november yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she listened she listens way more than i do um she listens whenever she gets a chance well hello and to she, your mom then <laughs> she loves everything she loves your perspective she loves hearing all the stories and i'm glad that so, she has an outlet too for this thing that happened to her kid because yeah no, I'm I mean, not very open about my. You don't talk about it a lot every, with her. I talk about it. I I just you know I've got it, so I don't need to be like, oh, my blood sugar is 103 right now. What should I do? Arden is um, back at school, and mm-hmm. she's she said she hasn't been. She she Arden goes back and forth when her hormones get wonked around. She can't th- she can't eat meat, and yeah. she came home. She takes this stuff called Avacitol. That keeps yeah. her, her hormones kind of balanced. It's an over-the-counter thing. Yeah, I've heard the supplement. Yeah. And so she stopped taking it while she was home on a break because she was just like lazy. And then right. she started taking it again. She's like, I'm she's like, I'm having weird reactions like like to foods again. And I said, mm-hmm. Well, you probably have to just get back on this for, you know, be steady and I'm sure you'll feel better. She's like, So for now I've been eating like a lot of salads and stuff. So her insulin sensitivity and I think her basil are a little too strong for her eating style at the moment. Right. And so she's been kind of fighting with Lowe's a little bit while we've been fixing it. And College is hard with yeah, diabetes. Yeah, no It kidding. is hard. Yeah. Dorm life, because you don't have a kitchen. Like, mm-hmm. I was eating crackers for half my meals when I went back, and I failed that quarter anyway. So crackers. it just did not work. <laughs> well, last night she got low lower overnight and i sent her a text and i said you're low and she said i know and i said i think you need to test because it was the first day of a cgm and i was like why don't you test and she just said dad (laughs) that is so me i heard arden's episode and i was like that is me like four years ago (laughs) to to a t just some the most sarcastic snarky amazing (laughs) go get it you got it, person. Well, I sent her back a note that said, Mom and I are worried. It's scary to be this far away when it says that you're this low. And she said, Dad, I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. I've sent so many of those. <laughs> can I can I ask what your low alarm is for Arden? On my phone, it's 70. See, my mom's is 55. Uh, at, at Arden's, I think, is at 80 while she's at school. She's usually 70. Mine's uh, at 75. My mom's, 
I just couldn't. I could not. I was like, I promise you I've got it. And if I don't, then yeah, I usually get down to 55 and she'll call me. Yeah. Well, but my boyfriend's on it. Well, see, that's nice though. You have another person. And Arden yeah. Arden has roommates who have uh Dexcom set at 55 for her, but they're also you know, they don't get it. They're lovely people, but they're probably <laughs> yeah, not they much don't. different than yeah. the people who were at the party who were like, "Hey, Liv is mm-hmm. really tired." Oh well, she's just taking a nap. <laughs> yeah, it's she'll, fine. She'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, they're still kids. You know what I mean? They don't yeah. understand the whole like depth of it. Um, yeah. But anyway, like which numbers mean coma and which numbers mean they're fine? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, do you want to call this episode <laughs> two silly cunts? <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> I wish I could. I'm sorry. I can't. Oh, but. that's so sad. <laughs> that would have been perfect. Yeah. I mean, I think people might, well, I don't know. I think people would skip it, but maybe they'd be like, they just rushed to it. I'd have to put a lot of asterisks in the title. <laughs> there would just be a C and an S, I think, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to do justice to your your way of uh, of cursing. Yeah. Try calling your friends hookers once and just see what happens. <laughs> just be like, hey, what are you hookers up to today? Don't and just breeze right past it and see how they react. You know, <laughs> I don't know how that would go. It's like I don't need to get punched. Um, well, I'm also not usually in groups of people, so just be like oh, just Hey be hooker, one what's up? Person? <laughs> I don't know. I think by yeah. the way, I think you're um your generation is pushing past the being really offended thing. I think it's I think it's oh, the pendulum God, swinging so. the other way a little bit. I'm so tired <laughs> of being upset about everything because somebody told you to be. Yeah, yeah, I just I get it. Like, there's a lot to fight for right now, but sometimes you just gotta chill because life's short and nothing matters. Yeah, we're I, so small. I'm telling you, I, I think it's going the other way. As long as you're having fun and staying healthy, you know. Yeah. Everything's it, good. Yeah, I, I agree. All right. Well, what is uh what are your goals here? Like you're I'm gonna let you go in a second, but what are you trying to do in the world? You uh what'd you get what like you, lifetime? Yeah, you know, what'd you learn to learn to do in college? <sighs> Nothing last year. <laughs> Except that Portland is horrible. But I <laughs> sorry, am, sorry, Portland. That's a fact statement. Um <laughs> Okay. It might have been cool at one point, but it's not <laughs> went backwards it's there's no one it's just an empty boarded up city with really horrible horrible terrible things happening yeah no i'm sorry you don't want to go there but i am in seattle now so it's all good you can forget about that um my goals i'm trying to go into ux design it's like user interface design so Mm -hmm. computer science type thing is it going well do you understand it is it easy for you to pick up well, considering I'm technically only one quarter in because of getting diabetes. Um, you don't really <laughs> so know far, So far, so good. Um, yeah, starting over is great. I'm feeling good about it this, this go around. Good. And I also hope someday I can do some tattoos on people. So that's my real dream. But there's no good insurance in tattooing and Oh. We all know I need good insurance. <laughs> are, are you are you good? Like, are you good at it? Well, I think I'm an okay artist, but um, a lot of people have my art on their body already. So maybe that's the way you. Can that's got to well. say something. I hope. 
It's a part-time job as you're learning the other stuff. Yeah. At some point, I just got to get that insurance first, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's my main goal. I know, right? It's funny. I um, There'll be an episode that goes up in a week or two with uh, Stephen, who's just an older gentleman who's just brilliant about diabetes. And um, he talked about how when he was younger, that was the, everybody he knew who had diabetes, it was their only focus, was to get a job with insurance. Hmm. That's yeah. pretty much what they were worried about. So I'm, I'm definitely, yeah. In that headspace. Well, it's listen, we, we tell Arden all the time, like you can do whatever you want as long as it has insurance. That's true facts. Yeah. Well, you want to hear my one diabetes genius thing that I have figured out? Yeah. It might not be accurate, but it's how I think about it. (laughs) I don't go ahead. So say you have, you know, a piece of toast that you decide not to bowls for because you know, you're stubborn and lazy. When your blood sugar gets high and you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I'll do a correction. That's that's wrong. You don't want to do that. You want a bolus for the bread plus the correction because you still ate that many carbs, right? Mm-hmm. But now your blood sugar is high and sticky. So you need both the amount of bread plus the correction to bring you back down. Do you get low after you do that because the timing gets messed up or no? I didn't on MBI, but now on the five, since it like auto corrects, it definitely will bring me low. Yeah, because you're going up because it's already dosing. It's you know, so on. can you look at what Omnipod five has put in already and then do a, a hybrid version? I of could, your idea? but it does it every you know like five minutes or whatever, so I can't anticipate what it's going to do mm-hmm. over that time. So now, I mean, I don't really go high too often. I don't go above two hundred. Yeah. Like is that about where you think of high? No, I think of high over one one fifty. Okay. Two hundred is a spike for you. Two hundred's like if you're above two hundred, you gotta you gotta strap in because <laughs> that's not fun. <laughs> and I get really tired. I go and take a nap every time I go high, I get so sleepy. And I'm like, oh, it's DKA all over again. <laughs> I remember being this sleepy. Well, what do I, you have to help me a little bit. What do I name this episode? Because it's going to be after dark. Like, can I call it Sleepy Camel? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no. No. Oh, look at you. Now your ego's in play. You're like, no, I yeah. don't want that. Because I can't um, call it like, like, what do you want? Like, you know what I mean? Like, formally suicidal is not going to be good. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, we've decided two silly cats won't make it past the people at Apple Podcasts. So what do we do? I don't do? know. Sad, but not about diabetes. <laughs> Sad, but not, you're not good at the title thing at all. It's too long. <laughs> Neither are you. Whoa, stop no it. Offense. I'm great at it. You're, yeah, you're all right. <laughs> I never know what the episode's about, though. You're uh, just like, this is a weird name. And then you're like, this person has diabetes. I'm like, that tells me. Literally nothing, but I'm going to listen anyways. Well, don't you think that's part of my mad genius then? Yeah, I, I suppose. How about the other day? HBA1C. Did you love that one? Did you see uh, that? Uh, <laughs> you got dad humor, Scott. <laughs> that's what the lady said. She kept <laughs> saying my HBA1C. And I'm like, damn it, that's the title of this episode. Mm-hmm. Nah, I just, I, I in all seriousness, you can't. You can't too specifically title them because of the yeah. random way that I talk. 
Yeah, no one will know. If what's you were happening. famous, then it would just be your name. You, you, yeah, I mean, you could call it "Live Without the E." Live without really the E. Because everyone tries to spell it with me, but I don't know. Don't you think they're going to see like a uh, like a play? You can on- call it. You can honestly call it whatever you want. I I don't really have a huge preference. Can I call it "Live Almost Die Repeat"? No, that would <laughs> be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that was a movie, right? Live, die, repeat. Yeah, yeah. All right. See, see, there's a problem here because you have to be sensitive. I'm just going to um, call it live because maybe that's appropriate because that's what you're doing, right? Yeah, you can call it live apostrophe i n living. What if I what if I do it like this? L i v and then in brackets, I put the E. Yeah. No, you didn't. Like I mean, it. that's why I named my I named myself Liv. My legal name's not Odessa. I mean, it's not Liv. It's Odessa. Oh. And I named myself Liv after I got out of the hospital. So every time someone says my name, they're reminding me to keep living. Well, that's a great idea. Yeah. One of my daughter's so, best friend's name is Olivia, and I so I say Liv a lot, uh, but. Can I do that? What do you think? L-I-V and then put the E in like little brackets? All right. That's what I'm doing. Okay. We're done. We figured the whole thing out. I have one question though. All right. Before you ask the question. Okay. Yeah. Can I say, I think I might start discussing the titles at the end with the people because I go back to edit (laughs) them and I'm like, what the f*** am I going to call this? Yeah. (laughs) I think that's a good plan. I'm going to do that. All right. You have a question. Do do I I get to answer it? Yeah. All right. I'm ready. Um, if you can, I mean, it's okay. kind of an arbitrary thing, but I just went in to get my A1C. Mm-hmm. I have 5.5. Nice. Which sounds great, but, you know, Clarity's like, bitch, I don't think so. Um, it says I'm at like a 6.6 area. How long have you been on the five? Omnipod 5. How long have you been on it? At least three months. At least three what months. What was your A1C before the Omnipod 5? Mm, it was also low. It was definitely below uh, like a 6.2. Showing your age here, Liv. Like you're young. You're like, I don't remember what that was six months ago. Leave me alone. Um, I, <laughs> I So you were 6.2. It says 5.5 now. Clarity thinks it's higher. My first thought would be just go three more months and look again to see if clarity and so I've had two. It's and, been and they don't it was match. five point four and now it's five point five. Both times clarity says like six point six is just point seven. And my endo said that maybe I have an iron thing or whatever. All the blood tests came back fine. What's your and ferritin he, level? My what? Ferritin. It's part of the iron test. I don't know, but it's normal. Like all of the ones were in range except my blood sugar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in range for iron is kind of arbitrary. Uh, most okay. so they'll tell you like between I don't know. Hold on a second. Are you gonna make me Google? That's all right. We'll do it together. Um, <laughs> the 
they can they'll tell you that a far, like a normal range for blood ferritin for men, for example, is twenty four to thirty six to like three hundred and thirty six. Oh my! For goodness. women, it's eleven to three hundred seven. If your ferritin is eleven, you're gonna fall over, especially if you're of what they call menstruating age. Let's so see. I've had doctors on that said that they would treat a seventy ferritin as low. And and your doctor's point is that low iron could throw off the A1C test and make it look lower than it is. Is that okay. her, was that your doctor's point? Yeah. And he was like, I don't believe it. <laughs> also, Clarity's not doing an A1C, it's doing a what the hell do they call it? Gen something. GMI? Yeah. See if we can figure that out. Which I know is different, but I mean, like, looking at my average glucose, it does not match a 5.5. Mm-hmm. So, so, so then, I'm like, am I just pretending? Yeah. So then what I'm saying is, is that maybe you should look harder at your iron. Hold on. Ferritin range A1C. I don't want to say anything. Influence of iron deficiency anemia on hemoglobin A1C. Reading. Scanning with his eyes. <laughs> also, being a little anemic and having uh, some of the other issues you have would not be unreasonable. I mean, my mom is anemic, so I wouldn't be yeah. surprised. What's your um? What's your TSH when you get your thyroid done? Do you know my TSH right now is one point eight nine, and I. We I'm like off the levothyroxine, so really, apparently I'm cured. Yeah, that happened a while ago. I don't take it anymore. That's funky. <laughs> Did they tell you you had hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's? We have never been actually diagnosed with Hashimoto's, but considering all the other, mm-hmm. like, uh, what do you call it, autoimmune stuff, I would assume. So, but are you still tired a lot? I sleep a lot, but I'm not like. When you sleep, do you feel rested when you're done? As long as I have coffee. <laughs> That's a no, Liv. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I'm not great with the sleep. I want. I think. Not where I used to be. Hematologist. Hematologist. Yeah, it's Is a blood. A it's a blood doctor. Normally, they help people. They're going to be a lot of cancer patients in this office. But go go to a hematologist. Excuse me, <clears throat> and tell them your mom is anemic. You have type one diabetes, and you your energy is low, and your A one C is reporting falsely low. Okay. And ask him if he would or her. <sighs> See, PC this is the fucking trouble I get into. Liv. I am just trying to have a conversation. Oh, I don't think that women can't be hematologists or, by the way, trans people or anyone else, right? I'm no. just, it just occurs to me to say I'm him. I'm just yanking your no, 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 Liv, now we got to talk about it. When I picture a doctor in my head, I picture my doctor. <laughs> that's yeah. All, that's all. Who's a man. Yeah. Who's always been a man. If my, I don't know. And honestly, makes more money than all the other women. Can I be honest? I don't know if my hematologist has always been a man. I've never asked him. But what I can tell you, what I can tell you is, is that if if he was a Jesus, if he was a woman, just now I would have said she because I have a very simple I'm, brain. I'm literally just kidding. I, I, I don't. I'm just joking. Too. I know you mean the best. Yeah, yeah. Please, actually, you know what? Intention very important. Now, mm-hmm. anyway, I would tell this person, this doctor, yes, that if you're 
if your ferritin level is under 70, just ask him if he would consider giving you an iron infusion. Is Are you saying ferritin or ferritin? ferritin? I don't know. What is this, like a West Coast, East Coast fight we're having? F or T-H? F. I'm F? Okay. F-E-R-R-I-T-I-N. Okay. Well. Also, in, uh, other fl- like inflammatory markers can in, um, impact your A1C response to uh, in in the test. So my point is, is that you want to know, you think maybe you're seeing your A1C reporting back incorrectly and you want to mm-hmm. make sure that it's not a function of anemia of some kind. Right. And if your levels are white, and tell them you're tired all the time and you, you need caffeine to function. And because <laughs> if you can get, if you can get your insurance to give you one inject, like, infusion of 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 iron mm-hmm. you the next time your body makes red blood cells with that new iron rich blood you are gonna like fixed. you are gonna turn back on and right. then you're gonna know that that was the case and then you can look into ways to address it without the without the infusion because if he tells you take an iron supplement that's because you're menstruating that may never catch you back right up. So, or I that's could just it. eat liver for the rest of my life. Yeah, I guess that's what they did in the 50s. <laughs> All right. All right. That's it. I'm not a doctor. This Thank isn't you. advice. Good luck. Medical advice or otherwise. Or otherwise. You were not like talking to a person your age. What do you mean? Oh, you mean, yeah, because I'm young? Yeah, it felt like you were, <clears throat> you, you don't feel your age. Yeah, I've been told that many, many. Many times. I had a nice. It's the trauma, Scott. It's the trauma. Ages you right up 10 years. Boom. It really does. Yeah, I know. I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So if somebody's acting really like childish, could I just dangle them off a bridge for a minute by their ankles? You think that pulls them around? Slap some sense into them. That's what they used to do in the 40s. Yep. And it worked. (laughs) Well, I don't know if it worked or not, but they definitely used to do it. You just can't thank Liv enough for coming on the show and being so honest and open with everybody. Thank you so very much, Liv. And thank you to Omnipod for sponsoring this and so many other episodes of the Juicebox podcast. Omnipod.com forward slash Juicebox. You get to hear a lot of these stories because of the great sponsors. Please support them when you can. If you're looking for community, Find the Juicebox Podcast on Facebook. Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes is a private Facebook group with 40,000 people in it. Sorry, I needed a drink. Uh, doesn't matter what kind of diabetes you have to meet. Type 2, Type 1, a lot of gestational. You're the parent of somebody, a grandparent, an adult living with. I don't care what you eat. I don't care how you live. You're welcome there. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast. Please subscribe or follow in an audio app like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, you know, all the podcast apps, wherever you do it, like wherever you listen, just please subscribe.